Hey, my name is Gabriel and I play Gemini the Dragonborn Bard and I'm going to try to get through this really quickly. So uh, Gemini is very much the in your face, you, what you see is what you get type character. He is flamboyant, he is boisterous, he is exuberant, he is all of those things, the wide sweeping gestures, the deep voice, like he is, he's very much a showman. That is exactly what he has always wanted to be and the reason for that is because all eyes have always been on him. He's always been different so he's had inquiring gazes and instead of shying away from those gazes he decided to continue putting the spotlight on, put it even more on him because he wanted to control that. He knows that the way people see him is only important to them. It's not important to him because just like any other person they're probably going to care more about what he thinks of them than vice versa. Um, because he is so exotic and strange. And the reason he is exotic strange is because he doesn't look like a normal dragonborn. He doesn't have like a snout or like the finned ears or tail. Anything that you would see in the player's handbook, he doesn't have uh, for the most part. He is predominantly human for all intents and purposes, but he has kind of a two-faced thing going on. On the left, he has scales uh, instead of a uh, uh, hair eyebrow, <laughs> hair eyebrow, like a normal human. He has uh, more of a fleshy spiny uh, eyebrow think uh super saiyan 3 goku that kind of thing very thick and fleshy eyebrow um he has uh, a couple things peeking out of the left side of his mouth clawed hand i mean he is dragonborn for all intents and purposes on his left side and human on his right side the human side has a uh, more tan skin because he grew up in a coastal area and uh, mostly traversed coastal areas and um, he also has uh, very striking golden eyes, which uh, stand out very uh, starkly against his tan skin on the human side. It's rounded, uh, rounded iris, rounded pupil, very human, but still stark gold. On the dragon side, it's more like a cat, a thin slit. So he's very much uh, a combination of both worlds, uh, just simply by appearance. Um, as far as his hair goes, it's quite a bit like mine. It's uh, shaved on the sides and in the back but it's much longer, about two feet long. It's shaved all the way down, so you can see the scales, you can see the flesh, you can kind of almost see where they meet, and it's jet black. So when it's slicked back, as it normally is, about two feet down, it looks literally like an oil slick coming off of him. Um, now, all of that is just how he was born, and that's why the Inquiring Gazes started to fall upon him, but after that, he decided he was going to make sure that they stayed on him, due to his attire, and part of that attire would be in the big fleshy dragonborn eyebrow. He has five piercings that go from smaller to larger as they go outwards. Um, they alternate in color. Neon pink, neon purple, and pretty much everything in his attire that you are going to hear about is going to be neon pink and neon purple. So pink, purple, pink, purple, five of them, all the way out getting bigger. On his human ear, it's uh, same deal, but no rings, mostly studs, trinkets, things like that, industrially all the way across. Uh, just kind of coming down. And uh, that's that's pretty much his face. When you think of his face, that's what it is. Um, now, for his actual attire, the things that he's wearing, he wears a black studded leather armor, jet black, head to toe, the boots, the whole getup, uh, which seems relatively normal until you see the chest uh, where there is an insignia, a large purple heart inside of an upside down pink spade. So two, uh, you know, the two card suits. And that's, that's kind of been his insignia his whole life. Uh, hearts and spades, right? Two things and those two colors. In his boots, there are corded laces of leather that he uses to lace up his boots as anybody normally would, but they are dyed by him, pink and purple. Um, and the insignia on his chest is embroidered by him. It's, he's very much a punk rock, medieval punk rock kind of DIY kind of guy, right? 
um, he's very proud of his own accomplishments and being able to do what he's able to do, and this is part of that. Um, so that's the normal stuff going on. The most uh, probably intense, the most eye-catching thing about him isn't even the fact that he's split down the middle and the way his skin looks. It's uh, his jacket. He has a, if you've ever seen Final Fantasy VIII, that's probably the best way to describe it. The Squall Leonhardt jacket that kind of goes up to just above the navel, has a bunch of fur on it, that leather jacket that he wears. Pretty much that, except uh, the fur is bright pink, just like, you know, I said pink and purple. Those are his two colors, right? So bright pink and the cuffs are rather large and purple. And instead of just going up to his navel, which it does in the front, in the back it goes down like a uh, tuxedo tail or like a trench coat. So it's kind of like a jacket version of a mullet. Short in front, long in back. And the thing that's most striking about it isn't the color of the fur or the fact that it's weirdly cut. It's uh, the patches. There are pink and purple patches of cloth all over his jacket that he stitched in with a black uh, thread, right? And uh, across these patches, they're about maybe three by three, three inches by three inches, but they're everywhere. Across them uh, is embroidered insignias, logos, names of different bars, brothels, uh, gaming parlors, guilds, just different places that he's been. Every time he goes to a place, he sews on a new patch, and that's why his jacket's pretty much full of them. Well, at this point, it's probably halfway full, let's be real. Uh, the most, most of them you wouldn't know because, you know, they're like little dives, things like that, but the Thieves' Guild is prominently displayed on his left shoulder. Um, he also, in terms of weaponry, has his loot, which I haven't decided uh, really what color it is or anything like that. I was thinking gold, but uh, I don't know. It's a loot. He has a loot, and that's primarily what he uses because he likes to back up other people. He likes to be not in service to them, but he likes to, you know, not really be a fighter, more be the backup and help other people. That's sort of his thing. And again, he's an entertainer. That's his whole thing. But when he does need to get down dirty, he has a rapier on his right because he's left-handed. So he pulls out his rapier and uh, it's a normal rapier, not enchanted, anything like that. But the handle is corded, again, pink, purple. That's his whole color scheme. And uh, the other thing, the final thing that he has, probably the most important thing and the most sentimental thing to him are for what are ostensibly throwing daggers. But really, they're rectangular pieces of thick metal that have been um, honed along the edges. They're sharpened along the edges and they are, each of them engraved with a two of a different suit. So essentially they're throwing playing cards uh, and they're all deuces. So you have the two of hearts, diamonds, spades, and clubs. So he has four of them. And he doesn't really use them for Bell because he's afraid of losing them. They're very sentimental to him, maybe more so even than his jacket. And uh, he, he does use them, however, to do tricks and to entertain people, flipping them around, uh, hitting bullseyes with them, things like that. It's more showmanship is the reason he would use them. but. He might use them in combat if it comes to that. Uh, that having been said, he pretty much tries not to. Uh, now, as far as why he's adventuring, there's a lot of spoiler territory that I'm really trying not to get into, but he started adventuring because he was searching for somebody. And over time, he decided uh, finding that person wasn't all that important because that person uh, who he is looking for will find him when they're ready. And he realized that over time. So uh, instead of looking for somebody uh, in particular, he decided that he wanted to see the world and be a part of the world because it's so beautiful and majestic and there's so much of it that he hasn't seen and everything's a new experience and he loves experiences and that's why he sews on those patches. He wears his memories like his heart on his sleeve. Um, so his whole thing with joining this group is he found a group of people who he saw as outcasts like himself and he wanted to explore and adventure with them. And 
there's more to it. There's obviously going to be a lot more down the line in the campaign, but for now, he's just content with where he is, and he's content with who he is, and he's content with the people that he's around. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much Gemini. Uh, I think I pretty much covered everything that I could, and I also just said pretty much twice in a row. Not proud of that. But, yeah, hope you like him, and I hope you like uh, where he goes in the campaign. I hope I like where he goes in the campaign. And, yeah, I don't know. If, if you have any questions or anything, I guess, leave a comment. <laughs> I don't know if this is even going to be on YouTube. But, anyways, thanks for listening, and uh, sorry if that went a little long. Peace. Hey, my name is Nim, and I play a gnome sorcerer called Ellie. Well, Ellie for short, and her full name is quite long, since she's a gnome, so she has many names. Um, but if people ask her to present herself, she will tell you that her name is Elihana, Elili, Elisterer, Sparkfinger, Boomspark, Bookie, Meowser, among other names. Um, and as with any gnomes, most of these names have a history which I actually won't reveal right now. Anyway, um, Ellie is uh, like normal height for a gnome. She has uh, bright green eyes, a reddish brown hair color, and her hair varies from me medium short to medium long, and is quite layered as it has either been cut off, got caught in some of her tinkering, or even accidentally burnt. Also, some of the ends of her hair might seem slightly singed or burnt. Um, she wears trousers and a shirt and a coat, uh, which aren't really that special. They're like a normal brown, doesn't really stick out much. Kind of made for traveling. They have a lot of pockets. And... Um, the coat has a hoodie of sorts, uh, where she can actually let her cat sit. Uh, she's accompanied by a cat called Fluffles. Uh, that's white, speckled, kind of greyish, uh, with like white ear tips and a white tail and white paws and a little bit of white on his eyebrows part, so to speak. Uh, and Fluffles is a really friendly cat that she's had for years that just loves to ride along because he usually sits like in his in her hood and like either slightly over her shoulder or sometimes even up on her head like peeking over uh, if he doesn't walk next to her. She tries her best to keep him out of danger but sometimes she might not be that successful. Um, Ellie is quite a happy character. Uh, she's really excited to see the world, to travel and find out some answers to some of her questions. Um, the thing about Ellie is that she's a sorcerer and she never really wanted to be one or didn't know she could become one, uh, but discovered one day through certain events that she had powers. And with those powers came like a golden sheen to her, her skin. That looked almost kind of like golden dragon scales. And ever since she used her first power for the first time, that sheen won't go away. But stays and 
normally you can't see it, but it's like all over her back and down her arms and on her elbows and on her legs and it's kind of crawling up at the back of her neck and slowly moving or it looks like it's maybe might be moving like up a little bit to her face uh, but it's not super visible there because it's mostly on her backside and like at her neck um, but after conferring with her great aunt she decided to travel the world to find out with more about her powers and where they come from and a little bit of the history of the place and how come that she after all this time suddenly found herself with draconic powers um, and she's pretty friendly and pretty happy and that's why she teamed up with these three random dudes that she met along the way to which Ashley seems to be dragonborn and maybe just maybe they will have some kind of clue for her to find out more about her powers well, that's all it was a little bit about Ellie. I hope that you will leave a comment if you have some questions or anything at all. And bye! Hello, my name is Brains, and the character that I'm playing is called Vince. And Vince is a human wizard, and he's, a, he's about six foot tall, give or take. Um, he's built more like a, a warrior or a barbarian than a wizard, really. He has a sort of graying black hair, sort of long, not quite, not quite shoulder length, but long enough that it can be sort of blasted back, and it's quite windswept. Um, he normally has that hidden anyway underneath a wide-brimmed, uh, pointed wizard's hat. And um, it's just sort of dark grey in colour, but under underneath the brim on the inside of it, it's like a, a dark deep purple. Um, his, his wizard's robes are made out of cloth of the same dark purple, but they're embellished with um, silver and gold trim. The other thing about the robes though is that while wizard robes are usually renowned for nice big long sweeping sleeves, um, these ones have been cut off quite crudely at the shoulders on, on each side, um, exposing sort of muscly arms. And he has a tattoo on his left uh, shoulder that is a seven stars encircling a red mist with some uh, text around it as well, um, and it's just in a strange language. Um, his wizard sleeves that, that have been cut off aren't gone, however he, he kept them and he's roughly sewn them onto the the sides of the of the robe as like makeshift pockets and he's, he's tied the bottom of them so stuff doesn't fall out just to make big deep deep pockets. Um, now he studied his magic at the slightly hidden school from magic users. He got there on a um, sporting scholarship which a lot of people thought was a bad idea but Vince thought nah he could, he could give it a go um, and from the get-go he he was not great at magic he, he could hardly do even the most basic of spells and it, it got him a lot of grief in the school a lot of students teased him about it and um, he, just, he just never really fitted in there and even though he's quite big and muscly and could handle himself in a fight a physical fight that is uh, the, the students there just had such a more advanced knowledge of magic they could just knock him down from from halfway across the room so he, he, he felt really left out and wasn't really enjoying his time um, his lack of magical skill wasn't through 
any lack of trying. However, he was constantly in the library, sorting through books and reading up on things, trying to trying to improve his his, um, his skills. And it didn't really work for a long time. Um, eventually, one night, um, quite bizarrely, everything clicked. And suddenly, he he wasn't just good; he was great. His 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 power increased so so much. And it was quite baffling to the other students and, and the teachers as how, how he got this sudden flare of power. Um, he carried on with his studies there and eventually got to the point where he, he could take his exams and get his pointy hat issued to him at graduation. Um, and he passed, but he passed by the skin of his teeth. Um, he, he didn't seem all there. He was still going and studying, but his studies that he was doing didn't really seem relevant to his actual classes and the exams he needed to take. Um, but he managed to pass and so he ended up, um, once he graduated he left and he started travelling. And he got work doing basically whatever whatever was going from like working on a farm, physical manual labour, um, to some maybe more magical things, translating things, and bits and pieces. But he always seemed to graduate towards or gravitate even towards um, big cities or big libraries and he would only stay there for as long as he was studying stuff in, in libraries um, soon as soon as he lost interest in that he then packed up his bags and, and moved on and on his latest uh, journey he was heading towards a small village just as a stopping point onto his next next target library and he bumped into three other people and uh, that's where the story picks up for Vince. So, yeah. Hello, I'm Optic Seco, and I play a character called Varen Soul. So you wish to know about Varen Soul? Alright, but first let me tell you a story about a young dragonborn with black skills and red eyes. He walks the streets in torn burlap clothing, dirty and shabby with his head in his hands, frightened. He is scared of what might happen next, being unsure of his own fate. A passing group of children grow brave as they see him. They start to throw stones and yell bad names at him. The young dragonborn drops to his knees as his vision goes blurry, then fades to black. You see a small trickle of blood seep from his forehead. When he awakes, the first thing that meets his vision is a bright, shining light, which makes him squint. It emanates from a man's hand, who's wearing full shining armor. The man smiles as he helps the young dragonborn to his feet. Now, we see an adolescent dragonborn with black skills and red eyes, with a cleaner look about him, dressed in peasant garbs. He is chopping wood with a rather large-looking axe. A man stands over him with soft facial features, brown medium hair, and bright blue eyes. He seems to be wearing a smile as he dictates his first few lessons. First, accept Calimbo's light. You must learn the warm, embracing feeling of fire. With time and dedication, it will light your way to Calimbo's way of life. He chuckles to himself, then gestures to a rather large pile of wood. This man is Corvus, his uh, saviour and teacher for the Church of Kelmbor. 
who accepted him into their fold. You can hear the clang of metal and wood in the background as some followers of Kelnvor are sparring with their weapons. Two men at the back get in an overly heated argument about which of their techniques is better, taking turns striking the dummy to prove their point. This angers the dragonborn, so with one swift leap, he brings the heavy axe down on the dummy and splits it in two. There is a deafening silence as the two men stand there astonished, with nothing to say. Corvus bursts out into laughter, slapping his knee. <laughs> well, you showed them the proper technique. Years have passed since this moment, as the Dragonborn learned to control and redirect his anger into a weapon for good. He also, little by little, learned to trust his new family until his 21st birthday. He was returning from the nearby village of Yarden, with some bottles of wine for the passing ceremony. The black-skilled dragonborn walks with a jump to his step as the sun shines brightly and the forest sounds are of people peaceful chirping. In fact, there might be an semblance of a smile across his face. He enters the church building to help with the ceremony preparations, but as soon as he does, his face drops to despair. He now sees the floor flowing like a river of crimson red, with a mismatch of body parts and claw marks covering the entirety of the room. He grows cold, as no emotion shows in his face, discovering the body of Corvus on the floor lifeless. Next to him is a severed claw of sort, some demonic creature. In this realization, he says to himself, Slain by the creatures of which we were meant to do. How ironic. For hell have no fury like score. You will regret the day you left me alive. At this moment, he realizes there's a piece of parchment in Corvus's hand covered in Corvus's blood, and reads, Congratulations, becoming a fully-fledged paladin of Kelimbor. And is signed in Corvus's handwriting. It names Baron Sewell. He gathers his belongings and took to his heels, but not before burning the church to the ground, for there was nothing left for him to return to. This single defining moment seared into his mind and will hunt he will hunt these creatures back to the nine, nine hells if he must. Now we see Varen Sul, an adult dragonborn with blackened scales, dark and red eyes, and dark grey short horns. He adorns a darkened set of chainmail armour with grey trousers and black boots, which are the state of disrepair from his travels. Tucked under his shirt is a holy symbol, which is a skeletal hand holding a scale in the shape of a cross. On his back is a blackened shield and a black iron battle axe affixed to his travel pack. Currently, 
He's surrounded by the laughter of three adventurers as they try to cook a wolf over the spit on the fire, which nearly caught them by surprise in the night. Baron cleans his axe of the blood as he warms himself by the fire. His mind flickers back to that hunting moment, and his eyes darken 